This is the iRacers Lounge, featuring the latest iRacing news, driver interviews, race reviews, opinions, discussions, rumors, and more. Now here's Alan Fajari and Mike Ellis. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I'm your host, Alan Fajari. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Now with me here are my usuals, Mike Ellis and Carlos Fonseca, and today we also have Brad Miller joining us. So welcome, guys. How's it going? Hey, hey. All right, so let's kind of start off on the first thing. As you know, the uh, the peak antifreeze series ended, and uh, Kenny, Humpy, Kenny Humpy won the championship, and... Uh, he got himself to go on a little trip and some prizes. So, what a trip! Uh, I mean, Homestead he... for the NASCAR yeah. finale and uh, watch Kyle Busch win it all. Uh, wow! And uh, it was kind of neat to see on social media uh, they posted up a picture of Kenny uh, with a big check, you know, and uh, uh, there with Clint Boyer, I believe it was too, and Michael Waltrip uh, presented the check to him. Uh, he also got a really cool ring. I don't know if you guys saw that, but it's like, uh, you know, you'd get a class ring in high school. It kind of looks like that or a NASCAR champion ring, actually. Yeah, it looks pretty pretty neat. Uh, pretty happy for Kenny that uh, that he won that. And it does look pretty cool. And, of course, that uh, check goes a long way. And uh, so it's uh, it's kind of a big deal. It is. And I'm... Uh, want to thank NASCAR for for being involved in allowing this, you know, to be to have their name associated with this, you know, with what's going on here in the iRacing community. Uh, I think it's great. You know, it really is a great cross promotion and um, congrats to Kenny, man. I'm really envious of that ring. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm actually more envious of the check, but <laughs> no, I want the ring. That. Because you can't just go and buy one of those things, you know. It's you got to earn that. Yeah, yeah, you got to earn the ring and then and the trophy and and the prestige of being a yeah, peak make, champion. Yeah, go to Homestead and hang out with Clint Boyer. I mean, that sounds pretty awesome. Yeah, it does. Um, but uh, they're also doing something else right now, which is the people that are trying to be in the Peak Antifreeze Series next year. And so they had their auto club race. Who won that auto club race there, Mike? Oh, that was Alan Bowes, I believe. Alan Bowes won it. So congratulations to Alan. I know he led uh, more than half the race. And uh, uh, we have raced with Alan a few times. And heck of a good driver. And uh, so it looks like he's doing pretty good. I think he got two third-place finishes and now a win. I think that's what he has. So, yeah, there's a handful that there uh, that have all top five so far, and he's one of them. Yeah. So it looks like they're putting up some solid races, and so uh, they should be in the peak uh, peak series again. So they're doing pretty good. And uh, so let's switch gears to our NASCAR iRacing series. Uh, we did have two more races to talk about. To finish out the season, which was Phoenix and Homestead. 
And uh, that uh, ended the season. But, uh, Mike, why don't you tell us about your Phoenix uh, races that you had there? Well, uh, man, Phoenix, you know, I finished 11th. And I'm like, 11th, 11th. I seems like I always finish 11th. And I started looking dead. at my numbers uh, after finishing uh, Phoenix. And uh, just for that, for the NIS series, interestingly, I finished in the open and the fixed at Phoenix 11th. Um, and my average finish year to date in the NIS is 11th. I have more 11th place finishes than any other spot. Um, I was also fighting for 11th spot in the standings. I ended up finishing 12th uh, in division. Is this uh, open or fixed here, Mike? That's looking at both of them, across both of them. I've been tracking okay. in, in Excel uh, all these uh, finishes. But anyway, it was crazy. And yeah, I finished 11th. But, you know, as far as Phoenix goes, you know, I'm not the fastest there. And it was more about just surviving and staying on the lead lap and catching the cautions and just missing the wrecks. Yeah, well, 11th isn't too bad. Brad, how'd you do? Oh, it was interesting that. At Phoenix, I had a a ninth and an eleventh, <laughs> and at Homestead, I had a tenth and a seventh. So, not great, but not not bad. Yeah, ain't too bad. Carlos, how was your Phoenix? Well, Mike said he got an eleventh there, and that's because of me. I ended up passing him there on the last lap to take over tenth. It's yeah. kind of hilarious because he thought he had it sealed there in the <laughs> overdrive's turn four. Was it turn three? I ended up passing you. And I always get flustered when it, we're at the end of the race. You know, I'm trying to get up on that wheel, and all I do is screw myself up. Yeah, I don't know. It's funny, though. You were set for that top ten, and I did whatever I could to get to you. Yeah, uh, personally for me, my Phoenix is, uh, I have a hard time at Phoenix. Not only am I, I don't think I'm really that slow. It's just uh, I end up in stuff, and. Both races, I raced one open, one fixed, and ended up in stuff. And so it was, uh, it was, uh, eventful. Well, the first, the fixed race was eventful, um, because the end of the race, the end of the race was wild. We had one of those, uh, kind of shootouts at the end where you had guys that uh, pitted for the fresh tires in the back. We only had three laps to go, and you had, uh, guys with the older tires. And I went with the strategy of uh, there'll be a caution right away, you know, so I didn't pit. But, of course, when there was a, a wreck in turn one, uh, no caution. And people just went wild at the end of the race. And uh, one of the guys that went really wild, we'll talk about here in a bit. But uh, it was pretty wild. And uh, then, of course, I, I uh, came out with the 20th. Uh, so it was uh, boring. And in my open race, uh was pretty early on in the race, but it was a 157-lap race or something like that. And I think it was like lap 20, 25, something like that. We were, uh, a wreck happened for our third caution at that point. Three cautions in 25 laps. I think that's kind of ridiculous. But guys were racing like it was, uh, you know, like we're 130 laps in. And, of course, they wreck each other in turn one and nowhere for me to go. And uh, so I just kind of slid into that wreck. And uh, so there went my Phoenix, kind of, uh, I'm, I'm very unlucky there. So I just did the two times and 
done. So, uh, Mike, how was your homestead? Well, I, I started having blinking problems again, and uh, they're still unresolved. They kind of come and go. And uh, I've, I've had them off and on since, really, the September build. But, you know, I, I don't know what to do about it. You know, I've tried everything, and I cannot figure out what's wrong. And looking at the forums, I'm not the only one that seems to have this problem. There's a lot of people in the same boat with me. Um, it's frustrating. And um, one of my homestead races, I was, I was blinking horribly. And somehow you know, manage to keep it together and bring it home kind of thing. But I was like holding it down at the bottom, like on the yellow line, because most people would go high and uh, trying to stay out of the way. And, you know, just, you know, and everyone complaining about, you know, the blinking. And I've never really been on the other side of that. I've always had a rock solid connection. And so it was kind of new to me, you know, about that. And, Interestingly, I couldn't believe some of the people, you know, some of the things people were saying to me, you know, over the voice chat as well as the text chat, uh, as far as my blinking and what they think I should be doing about it. Well, you were blinking horribly. I did see that race, and yeah, you were you were gone a lot where people couldn't see you. But if you're the blinker, what do you think the proper protocol is? Well, it depends on the track too, but. It's Homestead. Well, it, for example, Homestead, like you were. Yeah. What's a proper protocol if Boy, you're I was, blinking that bad? I never got within five car lengths of anybody when it was happening. I was always way down to the bottom. Nobody was running down there at all. Nobody. So I could run down there, you know, and I did, and it worked. And I never touched anybody, you know, and never caused a wreck that I'm, I'm aware of. But... I don't know. I, it's new to me. Like I said, I've never had these problems. This is the first time I've been in that situation where I'm the bad blinker. Do I get, pull it over or not? You know, I was still on the lead lap. I wanted to get a finish, and I ended up getting the finish. Yeah, Brad, what do you think the proper protocol would be if you're blinking really bad? Well, I, I actually had a uh, incident a while back, about a year ago, where uh, my download speed was great. My upload speed had kind of lost something. It was a problem with the cable company, but uh, I, I didn't see anybody disappear. I had no idea, but guys were just screaming at me, you're blinking like a Christmas tree. And we were running Dover, and there there's nowhere to hide because within five laps, everybody's kind of nose to tail, and you've always got somebody right in front of you or right behind you. And, and so I, I just pulled off because at that track and in my situation – I couldn't get to where I was five or six car lengths either way. Yeah, I think Dover would uh, be a horrible place to blink. And I think at a place like Homestead, it's, it takes like constant communication of where you're at. Even if you're running low, you, you got, it's like every time you see a car coming up to you or something, you got to tell them, I'm running, you know, I'm in the low line, low line, you know. It's like constant communication to try to do that. Yeah, but I don't think also, I was doing that. I wasn't communicating back. Yeah, what was also interesting is I saw, I was watching Jay Hushman's stream, and he ran into Tyler uh, Ducharme. And and the fact is, is that he really ran into air. Tyler's, there was no car there. The next thing you know, you got a 4X. And Tyler Ducharme's like, why'd you, why'd you wreck me? 
right. he, he wasn't there. <laughs> you know, so I know people don't know exactly when, when it's happening to them, but, you know, people are normally, you know, first of all, they're frustrated with you, and that's the reason why they're telling you, hey, you're blinking a lot. I can't tell where you're at, you know, but, uh, you know, on a, but I think, like, if you're out of Bristol, you know, or Dover or something like that, basically you got nothing else to do except for pull over and just take your lumps and, you know, it's the way it is. But at a place like Homestead, it's like constant communication, you know. Yeah, I can finish this race since constant, especially in that situation, the race that you were in, Mike, half the field was gone by lap 40, wasn't it? <laughs> right. And and it, my blinking kind of started after that, too. Right. So you were just basically running around. Just last and, car on the lead lap. Just, yeah. So, but yeah, that's, I think that's what it takes. And I think that I personally, to me, I think that's proper protocol. Now, if here's you're the, the blinker. thing. I'm kind of with Brad. I almost like, if it definitely, if it was Dover, I would have pulled over. But the other thing I want to say here is part of the situation was, or the scenario, I needed those points. I mean, we're on the last race of the season. Um, I'm fighting to stay in 25th overall is really my goal uh, in the open. And I ended up doing that. But I was fighting for it, and I needed those points. And, uh, you know... Being on the lead lap, like you said, with all those cars already wrecked out, I was almost guaranteed a finish if I could just finish. You know, I would I would get decent points and be able to you know proceed. So that was definitely in in my mind when I decided to you know I'm going to try to stick this out. Yep. Yeah, I could I could see that, especially in that situation that you were in. Um, I could see that, but you know, like what we're talking about with Dover or something like that. Even if you are, even if that was the last race, I don't think someone should. Right. Yeah. It, it, it was a thing. If I felt like I could stay out of the way, and I did, I thought. And well, yeah, I wanted to talk about that because, hey, I've never been through it, and I know a lot of people have, and and uh, it it's tough. I, I and I've tried all kinds of things to fix it. I've re, redone all my router settings a million different times, and tried different things, and. Did the plot, uh, there's a plot pinger thing where you can figure out how fast your internet signal gets to iRacing and back. And I've done it all and I'm still uh, baffled. And so are a lot of other people. Yeah. So what do you think the proper protocol is if you see someone blinking? Because I know that obviously there's some people that. Well, be, be kind. No. Uh, I, th yeah. I think is my, my takeaway on that was. Yeah, sure. Communication, like you said, is key. Is hey, tell them they're blinking, but it's don't be in a, don't be though. an ass about it. You know. Yeah, it isn't like they can really do anything about it except for pull over, which I know a lot of people don't want to do. Well, for example, at, at Homestead, I was uh, following uh, Raul Alves in one of my races, and he was he was pretty bad. He was that lagging type of blinking where. Sometimes it'd be on two wheels. Sometimes it'd be in the wall. You know that upside down. Yeah, I just told him. I said, you know, just, just, just hold it. I know where you're at. <laughs> you know, just continue racing. You know, so well, it's just kind of like. I mean, it really made me feel like a bad guy because it's like a crowd with the pitchforks coming. You know, to take you to the fire. <laughs> yeah. You're the beast, right? Here comes the villagers. Um, but, uh, Homestead for me is that, uh, uh, fixed car uh, or the fixed, I ran it, ran it twice. I was actually doing uh decent twice. And then, um, 
uh, someone coming off at two, uh, lost control of the car, hit the wall, come on down, and just as I was going by them, and so that happened to me a couple times at uh, in the in the fixed race. Um, in my open races, I ran two of them, and uh, I, first of all, I had some awesome setups. Uh, thank you to uh, Jason K. Miller and his ability to set up a car. It's some great setups. I was really fast and uh, and really competitive, which is uh, kind of rare for me. And I was running in the top five. Probably had a decent chance for a win on 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 that Friday night. And I came in to do my last pit stop, and um, my wheel disconnected. Oh yeah, I remember. I was in that race. I remember when you said that. <laughs> yep, my wheel just disconnected, and it just—I uh, don't know what happened. But now, as this I was, is the new one, right? Yeah, this was the new one. And it ended up being uh, my power plug in the back of the unit uh, came loose. And I didn't discover it until I was really trying to figure out what, what was going on. And then I noticed, oh, look, power plug just comes right out. And so uh, so I, I was able to uh, fix that. So it, hopefully it won't do that again. But uh, it shocked the heck out of me. <laughs> I was pulling on my pits and I couldn't turn at all. And so uh, I just kind of uh, unplugged it out of the computer and replugged it back in, and 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 then finally I heard like the that Windows sound, you know, when like when you ever you plug anything new in the USB port, and uh, right. and I was able to get back going again, three laps down, but uh, kind of shot that that uh, finisher for me. I was really kind of hoping I would I was going to take that win there, and uh, then on Sunday I also had another. Another real good car, and uh, and this time I, I was racing the top split, and um, we had a, a pretty good uh, team effort there with uh, Jason K. Miller pulling in a third, and I pulled in the fifth. So real happy to finish the season out with a nice fifth place on top split. Now, you were running open. different strategy than most. I think most people were short pitting for tires, and you were staying out longer, right? Uh, the, the first race, I was staying out longer. Second race, I short pitted. Right. So they were they were different strategies. It was, it was basically I went on the short pit strategy on Sunday because I got behind a group of cars, and it was, you know, I had a good long running car, and but I just got in a situation where it was, okay, I'm behind like ten cars here. I really don't see the advantage of sitting, staying out and trying to race them. So then I just, okay, I'm just going to short pit this thing. Well, that first race when you were staying out longer. I was surprised that it worked out for you. And it, like I was watching where your position was and somehow you, you ended up in the top 10 after all that worked out. I'm like, what, how did that work? Well, actually I led a bunch of laps. <laughs> so. Yeah, I know. And so it's like, I wanted to ask you about that. Um, it was a different strategy than most were on and it seemed to work. Yeah. I just, uh, it was, uh, it was actually a little bit different with, uh, the first pit stop I short pitted. And then I went long on the second second run, and uh, because I knew I had a fast running car, and, and for me, when I pit, all depends on on who's in front of me. You know, if do I got a big cluster of cars that I got to try to get by, or do I just have one or two? If it's one or two, I'm gonna I'm gonna continue to stay out there and try to and try to race them until I'm hitting uh, at Homestead. It was uh, the 33 second range, I think, is when I'm thinking, okay. My tires are pretty worn here. I'm going to pit. So, a 33 second lap times, I should say. 
So, but it really kind of depend on, on that type of situation for me. And uh, on Friday night, you also noticed that Daniel Smallwood was staying out for a long time, basically until the fuel. Um, and But that didn't work out for him at the end. Right. And uh, so Sunday, he actually changed that. And uh, I think he finished fourth on Sunday right in front of me. So, um, and he mentioned something like changing mentioned something about changing his pitch strategy to to like mine or something like that you know so um but uh they they were actually fun races except for the wheel thing um really felt great about it so brad uh you ran the open right in homestead yeah was that your one of your seventh place or yeah yeah, I, I I did okay at Homestead. I I didn't have the best luck. I I, I kind of went with my strategy of let people do themselves in, and then I'll try to come up. But it just I got taken out in the do themselves in thing. So, uh, well, I got some decent finishes. But on Sunday night, I, I wanted to say this: on Sunday night, the last race of the of the entire season. I got crashed out real early and was very mad and uh, decided I would go watch a teammate. So I start watching him for a little while and I asked him, I said, you want me to spot for you? And uh, I don't know, it was probably like a hundred laps to go. I mean, I was wrecked out really early and I'm getting my calculator out and, and uh, he ended up winning on a fuel mileage thing, ended up winning by 14 seconds. Uh, and I was probably happier about that than my seventh place. <laughs> yeah, that's Jose Pabon, teammate uh, who's often on our uh, podcast. Got his first win of the entire year on that final start of the season. How about that? Way to go. And you know what? All the credit. To, I mean, Jose obviously deserves the credit. He's on the wheel. But Brad, boy, I tell you what, I was listening in because I was on the same team speak. And you were just giving him the confidence I think he needed to to win that race, and just talking him through, you know, what what was going on in front of him, what the strategy is, when to pit, you know, what are we going to do, and just gave him I think a sense of calm that he's never had, and and he pulled it off, and I was just like, wow, we all need spotter crew chiefs uh, because if that's the result, the uh, boy, we need that. Great job, Brad. Well, thanks. But I, to be honest with you, I had never done that before. And the week before that, one of our other teammates had, had wrecked out, Jeff had, and he spotted for me for probably like the last 30 laps. And and I, I kind of thought it would bother me, but I thought it was really cool because he kind of, he watched my rear view and I watched out the windshield and it, it kind of took away some of the things that I was doing at Phoenix. And uh, I really liked it. That's why I suggested doing it for Jose and and uh, the guy has had horrible luck all year and, and ends up winning the last race. So I thought that was really cool for him. Yeah, congrats to Jose uh, for that first win of the year. And uh, yeah, well, I think we need to, as a team, I think all of us agree that that's probably something we need to do more of is help each other do that because it does help out a lot. Yeah, I think it does. Yeah, I, I get a little lucky on my team because some of the guys don't they don't race all the time, and they'll just come in and and watch. 
But of course, you know, normally there's a uh, better drivers than me that get the spotters, <laughs> you know, like for example, I think in the Saturday morning fixed race, uh, uh, Junior was in there, but he was, uh, he was spotting for Derek. You know, he would watch, watch mine every once in a while, come bounce and watch mine, but really he was spotting for Derek. So normally I'm not the one that uh, gets it, but uh, it is nice having a, a larger team like that and, and guys that are willing to, to do that. So, cause most of the time you, you might have a team and everyone wants to race at the same time and you won't have anybody that will spot or a crew chief or do anything. So, um, so actually good luck finding that. Yeah, really. Cause if I'm, if I've got a chance to race, why would I spot? I mean, I understand that, but, uh, you know, if you're wrecked out, Hey, why not? Yeah, there you go. And and look at how much satisfaction you got from it, you know. To see a teammate who struggled all year, you know, suddenly get a win, that was great. Yeah, yeah. With a neat I, moment. I told him that night, I was like, Jose, you're going to have a tough time sleeping tonight. He's like, I know, and I got to get up at five. And as soon as we got off, I was like, yeah, I'm going to have a tough time sleeping too. <laughs> yep. All right, so let's talk about uh, the champions for the year. So for fixed overall in division one was Michael Abrams. He kind of ran away with it. We kind of knew he was going to win. Yeah. Same with Chuck Sweeting over on the open side. Yeah. And then on division two for fixed was Chandler Krizek. And Mike, you can mention the open ones. Uh, yeah. Open Travis Schaefer for division two. Two degree member. And then, we're fixed on Division Three. Another two-degree member, Tyler Herr. Well, congrats to that team. Uh, they got two winners there. Uh, Division Three on the open, Jonathan Smith. Hmm, how about that? Uh, Division Four, we're fixed. Uh, Matt Mead. And then open Division Four, Mike Franklin. Hey, I ran a lot with Mike. Very good. Uh, Division Five guy that we see post his fast laps all the time in the forums. In the fixed, uh, John Long. Yep, and then Chris Falk wins the Open Division 5. All right, and then uh, Division 6 in the fixed, uh, Stoney Moore. And then Open, Dusty Rhodes, Division hey. 6. Wow. Do you think... Do you you think know, it's he interesting. A... He's been running in, like, second and third split, but he, I didn't realize he was such a low division. Yeah, I, I knew that he'd start out with a lower eye rating, and I, I would see him climb well, up the ranks. he's really then... climbed. Yeah, then he was racing with me a lot, and uh, so anyway, good job, that's, Dusty. Uh, yeah, that's pretty good. Do you think he was named after the wrestler? Uh, he claims he wasn't. Somebody asked him that in a race once. Okay. <laughs> then uh, Division Seven in the fixed, Bill Rollins. And interestingly, Bill Rollins wins the Open too in Division Seven. Hey, how 7. about that? Very so good, Bill. That's a sweep. Hey, I think Bill gets the special call out there. He wins the fixed and the open. Yeah, that's a sweep. Very good. Division 8 in the fixed, Carol Davis. And uh, Stephen Wilcox for open. Division 9 in the fixed, William Chappelle. And Joey Wiles for the open, Division 9. All right. And Division 10, Patrick Shelton in the fixed. And he sweeps as well, both open and fixed. Good job. All right. 
Yep, very good. Got two of them. And then rookie, got Jackie Letterman in the fixed. And James Brown, six. Yep, so congratulations to all those champions in NIS. It's a hard thing to do to win it. So uh, very good job. No matter what division you're in, it's, it's very difficult to win these things. So uh, Yeah, I got one win for the year, Talladega. Yeah. And uh, I made the first page of results in the overall open. So I'm, that was one of the goals. I finished 24th, so I'm happy about that. So was your Taldega win in the open or the fixed? I believe that was the open. All right, Brad. I think you won a won a few, didn't you? I won uh, a fixed race at Martinsville and finished uh, fourth in the open and eleventh in the fixed series for Division Three. Uh, if I can maintain my I rating. I should be Division Two. You're close to, to the cut to Division One, though. I don't know where that cut's going to be, but you're close to it. Yeah. What do you? What is the? Yeah. Where do you think it could be? My I guess. I really don't want to be in Division One. My guess is thirty-five hundred to four thousand, somewhere in there. That's that's Division One. That's mm. the bottom of Division One. Hmm. Okay. I'd rather well. be in Division Two. Really, I'm. I've been trying to make it to one, but I I won't because I hit a. I've hit a high rating wall. I'm pretty much stuck at thirty three hundred, thirty two hundred. Yeah, I hit thirty seven at one point, and then I'm I'm down to thirty six eleven right now. But I am going to run the A Open during the off season here, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, thanks to Michael Duell for uh, recording all those division champions uh, for us because the results can no longer be found. Uh, obviously, because the season's over. Yeah, you have to go into the past season thing. So, anyway, uh, congratulations to all those guys. It was a fun season. Uh, um, what, Mike, what's your goals for uh, next year besides making Division One? Well, man, it was tough to get on the you know 24th overall. Uh, Everybody ahead of me on those results is a better driver than me, and I'll just be blunt. They are. So it's going to be tough to you know do better than that, but I'll say 20th. You know, let's, let's shoot for a top 20 overall, you know, and let's shoot for some more wins. Uh, you know, I, 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 there were some wins I gave away at the restrictor plates that I should have had, and I only ended up with one. I probably should have had two or three. Okay. Um, maybe. Brad, what's your goals for the next next year's NIS? Not to drop. It seems like when I when I do nothing but uh, basically race the NIS, my uh, I rating climbs, and uh, when I start racing A fixed, B fixed, C fixed, or opens. Uh, my I rating takes a beating, so I'm wanting between now and, and the start of the next NIS, I want to keep myself up high enough to at least be Division Two, And I'm really going to, uh, you know, I, I really want to do good and, and uh, bring that fifth on up to maybe a first. Yeah, yeah that'd be pretty good for uh, Division Two, I would say. Yeah. 
So that's a, that's a very and that's goal. exactly why I quit running the hourly stuff because it would tank my I rating. I want to keep it up for my NIS, so I don't run that stuff. Yeah, why do you think that is? Why why do you think running those other series tanks your I rating? They're shorter. I've proven it. It it uh, it's a proven mathematical fact. If I don't run them, my I rating will gradually increase. If I do run them, I'll, it'll go down for sure. I've done it before multiple times to to prove it, but I don't know why. I mean, do I race differently? I don't feel like I do. Well, is it the uh, lower SOFs, and and you still finish around the same area? Is it uh, is it because of the fact that uh, if you're running the like you know C fixed or B fixed, basically they're sprint races, and you, you got to be one of those guys who's willing to go fast at all costs. Yeah, compared to and the I think long part of it is, races. I think part of it too is with the longer races, uh, I get a lot of my spots due to attrition. You know, just by surviving, and when others can't. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the the shorter races brings a sense of of urgency from the green flag from the drop. And uh, if you were racing a hundred and fifty lap truck race, it would be a whole lot different in in my mind. I mean, that's what I'm thinking. You know, people are more relaxed. I I can. I can get one spot every two or three laps, and I'm going to be in the top five. Whereas if you only got 50 laps and you're starting 20th, well, you've basically got to go like a bat out of you-know-where if you're going to do anything. Yep. Yeah, I know. I think it was last spring, or maybe it was the spring before, I dropped running C-Fixed races. I I refused to run C-Fixed anymore. Um, B-Fixed... I that's still very much a huge question mark for me, even to run run those things and Apex. Now I will run A open. The only reason why is because of the the length of the race. And then you see these guys in the forums. Oh, you got to make them shorter. You got to make them shorter. And it's just like you got to be kidding me. Make them longer. Make them longer. Right. <laughs> you know, because that's why that's that's where I thrive. You know, personally, is that I'm not I'm not one of those guys that's going to be running up front or even try to run up front. You know, I'm one of those guys that, you know what? It's a long race. I'll wait you out, you know? I'll play strategy. I'll, I'll do these things to, you know, to try to be there at the end rather than, you know, win lap 10. So, well, um, and I, you know, the other thing too is that there's a mentality, kind of like what Brad was alluding to, that, well, if I don't get it done, you know, I'll just re register for the next race in one hour, you know? And with the yeah. NIS and stuff like that, you're like, well, I only have once or twice to run this entire week. I better get a good result. So it's a mentality, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Um, there is some other things I've run is D-class. And the reason why I'll run the D-class is because there is no cautions. And if someone's reckless, they're killing themselves. That's the reason why I'll run the D-class. So whether late mile or national car or whatever like that, I'll still run those because of the because of that fact alone. You know what one of the bad things is though is is you know we say this about the the opens and the and the fixed races and stuff uh, barring the NIS but damn I really love to run trucks they they can be some of the most wheel gripping races you'll have but I take a beating in my rating 
Yeah, and that's where that's where leagues come in play. <laughs> so, and, and and I think that's the reason why sometimes leagues are so popular is is because while well, you know you are running against the same guys all the time and and they're and they're fun, but it does allow you to race these other vehicles that you might not be able to or that you don't want to race because of that I rating and you know that I rating hit I should say and you know that kind of brings us on on that conversation again, which Mike and I were having before the show, which was, you know, we would love to race these other vehicles or, or these other type of races. If they just had I rating per car. Right. I, 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 right now in the off season, I will not run an official race because I don't want to mess up my NIS career next in 2016. I don't want my to tank my I rating and get out of Division Two. Well, I, I got some I got some questions for you guys. Uh, who owns the the modifieds? I got no that. Idea. How many races have you done? <laughs> None. Again, official, official. None. Okay, me too. I own modifieds. I've never raced the official race. How about the sprint car? Same thing. Now, if there were I rating per car, would you run these things? Oh, yeah, because then it wouldn't affect my NIS plans. Absolutely. I actually love the sprint car. So, you know, that's that's my my problem. I would, and participation be up in all these things, and because and, people would have a lot more fun if it didn't affect, and... You know, I know this theory of I range just a number. It's only just a place you. No, it's not, guys. It is not just a number. It 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 it. You, the splits and the points are based off your I rating. So it is not just a number that just to put you into a race. That is not true. I don't want to ever hear that again. It's important, and so that's the reason why people won't run certain things. You know, and I, I think I racing can do themselves a huge favor. By just having high rating per car, and I know they can do it because it's in their database. They know exactly what you ran. So I just think that it uh, it should happen. Or, or you know, just hey, starting January one, everybody is starting over at you know nine hundred I rating, and it's per car. Have fun and just actually, I would I would do it a little bit different. I would say you know, I would I would give people one shot where they want to slap their average into one car and the rest start at 1350 the rookie start well, see that's a great start. idea so i would keep my i rating on my special car my nis nascar a car that i'm worried about but then i have the ability to go run the sprint car and the, like you said and run an official and not have to worry about messing up my nis All right so I also brilliant. own brilliant. also own things like Super Late, which I never never run, you know. And it's just there's way too many cars I never get an opportunity to run. I don't I don't see any advantage to being a hundred percent owner if you're not going to run these cars. None, none. So I don't know. Uh, I would like to see them to do something and not just rely on the people having to go find leagues to go run certain cars. I would like to see it actually be in there official stuff but oh well uh we'll move on um black friday it's longer than just friday is here again 
So they have up to December 4th. You can, if you are a current member, you can renew your membership for half the price. So that's $49 for a year. And you can do this up to five times. And you use the promo code. Oh, it's pretty big. PR-49BF active 2015. I'm not going to spell out active. Yeah, this, take is the, this is the one I always use uh, to renew. No sense in paying full price, people. I know I still got to do this. Well, you have three days left from today. Yep. I know last year I did it uh, for for a few years. So I yeah, I did it. Uh, I'm paid through 2017, actually. So I actually looked when this came out. And if I was even close within a year, I would actually probably renew again just to add on and make sure. Yep. So it's a. It is the best time to renew your memberships, without a doubt. It's either they do this like twice a year, I believe, and uh, yeah, and you can pretty much time. count on them doing this every Black Friday. So at least they have the last three, four years I've been here. Yeah, I would hate to be counting on it and not have it though. So every time it comes up, <laughs> you probably should take advantage. <laughs> yeah. So anyway. Uh, then you have this uh, thing in here, Mike, which you really didn't uh, talk about too much, it, which is yeah, the no, it, BSRTC. Uh, well, we talked about the BSRTC Pro Series, which is a road yep. series uh, uh, the bunch of the UK guys are doing. But why I, I, I tagged this was they one of the guys posted a photo of the start on one of these races. I know, it's ridiculous. And... Uh, I just wanted to point it out because, and, and Carlos is showing it on the Twitch, I'm sure, but only six cars made it through here, seven cars. The rest of them behind them completely wrecked. We have cars in the air, and I mean in the air, like up five, six, seven car lengths up, like 120 feet up in the air. It just looks kind of ridiculous, and... We know iRacing is all about reality and let's, let's mimic reality. And boy, when you see screenshots like this where you have cars flying like birds, uh, it really takes away from that. I'm, I'm actually okay, okay with this. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's not like reality and, and you know, because I'm, I'm one of the believers that, that this isn't that much like reality. Yeah, it's probably the closest I'll ever be to being in a race car, but... It's still not. I'm I'm at home. I'm sitting at my computer, and you know, I don't want it to be. You know, I hit something and a big thing goes wham or something. You know, but uh, you know, it's, uh, there's going to be cars flying. The only thing I really can't stand is the is the Indy car where it flips uh, a thousand times and oh, and it never sometimes stops. You have to, <laughs> yeah. So sometimes you have to reboot to just get the hell out of it. But, yeah, you uh, can't escape the car because the car is still moving. It's like an endless loop. Yeah, but it kind of sounds like they're having a little bit of problems in this series, maybe with the with the aggressiveness of it. Uh, well, remember, we talked about this in a previous episode. There's cash on the line, $10,000 price fund in this series. Yeah, but, uh, you know, you don't see this in the in the peak or the... Or the Grand Prix series, you know. So, is it just that people are just driving over their heads here? Or 
or what? I don't know. Uh, it, it's an interesting screenshot for sure that if you read the story, it doesn't really address it too much that I saw. So, yeah, I just kind of look at the at the the headline underneath it. Just says from sending Kia Optimas to the stratosphere to having drivers threaten to leave the series for good. And it says here's how the BSRTC made history in Interlagos, Interlagos last week. And so, when you're having drivers threaten to leave the series for good, you're thinking that they probably got some issues there that they need to address. Yep. Especially when there's money involved, people race differently, it seems like. Yeah, well, even when there's not money. <laughs> right. it's, just, it's just your eye rating, maybe, huh? involved. Um, and so then we have the Blanc Plain Endurance Series going on where they had their Monza race uh, last Saturday coming up to the end of their sixth race season to determine who is going to be in the Blanc Plain Endurance Series Championship next year. And uh, so I'm not uh, looking for the team standings here. So we got, uh, looks like we got uh, four racer Kanata Simsport, number 88, and then number 18 is leading the series. Is that what you see? So that's two from the same team that are leading the, or I shouldn't say that, two teams from the same group that are leading the series. Is that what you see, Mike? I'm not seeing what you're looking at, but um, yeah, I, I, our team, we're, we're only fielding the one car. Carlos, uh, you ran that uh, recently, right? Oh, while well, the Monza? Right. Yeah. Yeah, we ran that. That was a uh... Same, well, much cleaner than the first one of the year since this is the one that counts. Wouldn't it? Then they canceled like the first one and move it. Right. There was yeah, they canceled that. Yeah, that just, you know, how turn one was. You were in that race that one day. And the first race of the year, and yeah. it was just horrible. Everyone died going into one. Every single car got wrecked or hit in some way. But this time, not one car wrecked until about an hour and a half in. Nice. Yeah, this is lower splits too, so you know, gotta imagine if it was any better up in the higher splits. All right, I think I'm understanding. I'm actually looking at the Excel spreadsheet that someone put together here. Yeah, that's what standards. I got showing on Twitch. Yep, and I believe Team Redline Black is in the lead for the championship uh, with um, in Inex Racing Yellow is in second place. With then uh, for racer Conada, Simsport number 18 being in third place. And so, uh, if you want to know where your team Tafosi is, uh, uh, you guys are a little bit down, but that's in the 500 higher splits. <laughs> um, gee, I just saw you guys not that long ago. I'm surprised that uh, I just can't uh, see it, but I think you were uh, ranked 257, I think, is where you guys are at. Yeah, better sure, than what it was. Uh, I'm sure our team is a lot uh, farther down than that. Maybe I can do something real quick here and just uh, uh, sort this baby. Uh, it's not allowing me to. Second, I can maybe sort it by team name. But uh, I'm sure that we are a lot worse than that because our team actually uh, decided to go a belly up on the thing 
Since, yeah, uh, we were going to run a second car, and we went belly up as well, so we we didn't have the staff to really pull it off. Well, technically, you ran the second car last weekend at Silverstone because Jose picked the wrong car. Yeah, that was kind of funny. The wrong team. Oh, how about that? Yeah, we were just, uh, you know, I think I've mentioned before that we've been frustrated with the McLaren, this build, and um, we were just, it got to the point where it wasn't fun anymore. That, And so since no one was having fun, I think we decided to uh, to drop it. And then I think the last race we did, I actually did alone, was at Circuit Zelder. And uh, that's because I, um, I think Colton's... Uh, computer went belly up and uh and jason was uh uh away at a football game and so um i ran it by myself and it's it, uh really wasn't fun so that's it um last show we had mr lance gomez jr on the show and You know, my goal for having him on was really to kind of find out a couple things from Lance. And one is what's in his mind when he's racing? Because, you know, you know he has that reputation of being a wrecker. And and it's not just reputation. He actually is. <laughs> he's he's a guy that drives like a bulldozer out there. He doesn't care if there's a where the other cars are at. And I, I just wanted to know... What was in his mind when he's doing this? Just because that's not like me at all, and I don't understand it. So I want to know that. And then I also want to know, how does he feel about all the forum posts and, and, and everything? And so, Mike, what do you think? What do you, what do you think after our discussion with him? What was your kind of thoughts on that? Well, first of all, when you told me who, who was coming on, you know, I was thinking, oh, this will be interesting. Uh, you know, this guy's going to come on and apologize for profusely, you know, or, or, <laughs> or tell us how, you know, he's, he's disabled or something or has some kind of, you know, tick or he has a problem and, you know, he can't hold the wheel straight or there would be something, some excuse or some reason that he acts like this or he's actually really sorry. And I was thinking all these things, but he wasn't any of those things. He was. Completely surprised by you know his his what he had to say. Yeah, yeah. Actually, what what wanted me to get him on the show is that um, you know obviously he's been been pretty hit in the forums and everything. So uh, he already had that big rep reputation, and and then I've been in a few races with him where he's caused a few incidents but that martinsville race that i was in in with him oh god where yeah basically he wrecked or, you know he was he was fast you know he was kind of lead but as soon as sean butler was past him for lead lance just bulldozed bulldozed him in in a corner and you know got by and then of course that started wreck which got me involved and i was actually pretty upset at lance for being that much of a you know predictable Ass. Yeah, predictable Lance Gomez driver that, uh, you know, I actually said, and I normally, I really normally don't do this type of stuff, but I said it over the iRacing chat that I thought that he should not be on the service anymore. And yeah, I think I was in that race. Yep. And so after, after that race, I thought, 
you know what? I'm going to ask him to be on the show because I because like those two things. I wanted to figure out why the hell does he do this type of thing? And you know, since he was getting so much flack in that race, I wanted because if that was me, I'd feel pretty bad. I would change the way I'm driving. If if so many people are on me, I would change change the way I'm driving. Obviously, I'm doing something wrong. There. Everybody's pissed off at me. So I that's kind of what I wanted to find out. And and I agree with you, Mike. He he I either he, he must. He must be numb to it. That's what I'm thinking. He's numb to it. it he doesn't even see it. Right. It's, it's, it's right over his head. It's... So, but in that, uh, that night, we raced at Phoenix. And it was pretty interesting because he was actually a pretty clean racer through most of the night. And, and it was kind of funny. Uh, Jason was was on our team speak watching the race. And he's like, um, he's like, Gee whiz, maybe Lance, you know, listen to you or something like that. Maybe, maybe he's, he seems to be, you know, he seemed to be racing pretty clean, letting guys go when he needs to and passing, you know, cleanly and that kind of stuff. It's just kind of like, you know, maybe he's listening to you. But then those last three laps happened, and, and it was quite, quite obvious that uh, he turned into himself again as he just put the, the bulldozer in front of his car and uh, just ran over whoever was in his way. So, yeah, um, and he's uh, back on the forums too. Uh, he put up a post, uh, a poll actually, talking about quint- quintessential racing uh, in iRacing and how do uh, how do these different philosophies uh, prevail? You know, compared to NASCAR, and he's even comparing, you know, what's hard racing uh, between you know Matt Kenseth and Joey Logano at, at Texas. You know, uh, is that acceptable in iRacing? He's almost Kansas. trying to justify. The way he drives. Yeah, I think it'd be best for Lance not to post a thing. Uh, yeah, you know, it's like that's not coming from the right guy or something. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't post anything. As a matter of fact, you know, I really think that he should do, you know, obviously coming from a different type of driver than him, is just change his driving style, get clean, still not say anything, and just let that reputation move on to someone else. Because it will if he races clean. Yeah, you know, you look at his post, and he's got a YouTube there of the uh, uh, Ricky Craven and Kurt Busch wild finish at 2003 Darlington, where they were basically locking bumpers uh, all the way to the checkered, which is often kind of how he races. Well, well, it's a little bit different there. Uh, first of all, those guys were racing clean. They were just rubbing fenders at the end of the race to finish that race. Yeah. And... If this was, and if you saw that same situation in iRacing, I would have no problem whatsoever seeing that kind of finish in my racing race. No problem whatsoever. But the only problem is that with with Lance, this is happening on lap twenty. Right. You know, or he's directly crashing the guy in the corner. This was not crashing for someone in the corner. The Ricky Craven. Deal. Right. They were running. You know. Fender to fender or, or side by side, you know, rubbing the sides of the cars together, trying to get position. Right, but I, th- the I think that's the, the point is he thinks that's the way he's racing. But in reality, he's not racing that way. Nope. Oh, and, and that's kind of, there's some kind of disconnect there, but. Yep. Well, it's, it's, uh, it's interesting. We'll, we'll see what happens with that. Uh, maybe Lance will come on the show again and, and tell us some, why we're wrong. 
But um, <laughs> so why don't we talk about the new iRacing.com page, Mike? Uh, I personally have not seen it because I never go there. Oh, that's so what I was thinking. Did anybody like even it? go to this page? <laughs> I, I don't. I'm already signed up. I, you yeah, know. I don't think I've seen the page since I've signed up, like three and four years ago or whatever. But yeah, they do have a new page. I and mean, you open it up, it actually kind of looks like a video, the background, and looks pretty cool. Uh, I I guess it's a nice upgrade for the people that are new coming in to sign up, you know? Yeah. You know, Doesn't so help the current racers in any way. Like we said, we never go there. Nope, never go there. But when we get down to it, our stuff is coming. Our stuff is coming. But uh, so, yeah, so it's it's nice that they kind of uh, updated their web page and become a little bit more modern in that. Um, Mike, why don't you talk about the same auto racing or, yeah, same auto racing association and what's going on over there? Well, I just thought I'd uh, throw this topic in. Uh, what We mentioned this in an episode over the summer. The same league had banned somebody for sharing accounts and uh, and removed them from the league. And apparently that's happened again just recently. They had to remove, uh, it looked like two people that were related, perhaps brothers or something, uh, that were sharing accounts. And uh, they ended up pulling them out of the league. And I just like to take this opportunity whenever I see these kind of stories to remind people, this is like a big no-no in iRacing, okay? And it's not cool under any circumstances. So... Um, even if it's a league race, an official race, it's not cool, uh, anything. Uh, so just don't do it. Yeah. And, uh, we do know that I know from at least the past, the Sarah league was actually a, a, a good league, uh, nicely run and everything. So I don't know if it, uh, they got issues over there or if this is just their tightening up but uh reading a little bit of their posts it, it seems like uh some people think that they got issues and some people think they're just kind of uh tightening up their uh their problems so they've been around a long time so you almost got to get them give them a benefit of the doubt um and uh, they do have some strong leadership over there so i don't know it's hard to say you're right there there were some facebook uh mentions about uh, maybe the league is being heavy-handed against certain people and stuff. But, uh, yeah, you know, I just like to take the opportunity to say, hey, iRacing, there are, you know, limits here. Yep. Uh, Mike, why don't you talk about all the new stuff that we hear coming out uh, soon? In the yeah, there's been a ton soon. of activity lately uh, from iRacing staff about what we got going uh, in the future here for the future builds and, I think the first one I want to point out is the new McLaren F1 car, the 2015 McLaren F1 car, uh, looking at the December build uh, for that. They're going to have, if anyone knows about F1, DRS system, drive recovery system. They're going to have the thing where the flap opens on the back during certain parts of the track if there's a guy within one second behind you. Uh, Energy reduction system, whatever that that's called. They're even talking Here's... about having different tires available: hard compound, medium compound, soft compound. Interesting. Uh, lots of exciting stuff for that F1 car. Now, 
it sounds like some of that stuff, the ERS and DRS will make it, the, the compounds for the tires might not. Uh, so there are some discrepancies there from what I've been reading. Okay. Uh, other cars, uh, Renault 2.0, Audi, and Mercedes GT3 are in full production, um, as well as the as the MX-5, uh, as well as the Mazda car. Uh, they've been working on that, too. All right. So another GT3 car, or another two, two, Audi and the Mercedes. So another, so they're going to have to trim that down to actually what uh, what is going to be in the GT3 series. So that could change, uh, yeah, how many cars are in there, right? Yep. And uh, the Renault is, uh, at least I think I'm saying that right, the Renault is a cross between a Star Mazda and uh, F1 car. Am I correct? Yeah, like one of the in-between, yeah. It's more like an F2 up the ladder, F3. yeah, up the ladder cars. Okay. Uh, moving on, some other stuff. They actually put out a blog, iRacing did too, on their brand new iRacing.com website, which uh, looks fantastic. But uh, Steve Myers over there from iRacing talked a little bit more about the F1 car and those tire compounds um, where you'd have to use both of them. Uh, some other items he mentioned were uh, the Nurburgring, uh, they need the ability to share pit stalls in, in order to increase the car counts uh, when you have limited space on pit road. So that's another project that they're working on. Yeah, I got a quick question for that. Do you think that's going to be at all tracks? I don't know. Um, reason why I ask is this. Let's say that you're able to share pit stalls at an oval track so you can get more people to join a session, but you might only have 43 available for the race. So, but you can qualify don't. to get in. You understand what I'm talking about? Let's say you got 60 people that joined up a practice. But right. 40, oh, and some of those can, can be sharing a stall during the practice, right? right? Yeah. That's kind of neat. Yeah, and then seven wouldn't make it, you know? Right, so I wonder if that would allow us the ability for 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 leagues to be able to have a qualify to get in type of situation instead of you know just that would be cool to get because into the server. Uh, in 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 your league, which is going on, we got a lot of participation. A room fills up really quick, actually. Yeah, a little too quick sometimes. <laughs> right, and so that would kind of solve those kind of situations. Right. Yep. That, that would be an uh, interesting thing if that was available. And so, I, yeah, it makes me kind of wonder if they're able to do this uh, across all tracks and all different series. Now, obviously, it won't be for, for official. You know, everyone that joins a race should be able to race. But for leagues, it might open that up so you don't have to do any kind of tournament style or any kind of setting up a couple different... Uh, things or something like that so um if that becomes available that's something that uh, uh the winter series might uh give it a go i hope so uh, they're listening to you about this because i bet you they only have in mind these these big road courses but uh that would be a great use for oval yeah so anyway you can uh move on uh the other thing there's a huge behind the scenes project going on 
basically they're upgrading all the back-end hardware and technology and they're porting the code from a commer commercial infrastructure to an open source infrastructure. Now, Alan, you're a software guy. Tell me what that means. Uh, open source is, is kind of like a more of a public type of thing. For example, um, like the OBS broadcasting software is open source. That means that uh, they're willing to share the code and people can improve upon it um, or be able to tap into it much more easily than any kind of a hidden type of thing. Um, so it's uh, just more of an open type thing. I kind of so, read it as as their servers are actually going to be on maybe Linux or something like that versus some proprietary stuff that they might be on now. No, nah, they're probably on Linux now. That's my guess. My guess okay. is they're probably on Linux now. Um, but I think... I th I think what this is is that they're is that they're taking advantage of some kind of uh, code structure which out there which is an open source type of thing and then right. and they're trying to move more towards towards that and that might give more people the ability to be able to create things. Yeah, the reason they gave is stuff. this will allow us to more easily scale our servers for larger events or if there's a large influx of users. So mm, I don't know, then I'm not sure. Yeah. So anyway, uh, hardware stuff. You know what? It's really neat that they're spending money, and you know when they say the word hardware, they must be spending money. So uh, kudos to iRacing for getting this stuff done. Uh, the next item was uh, they are making great progress toward the completion of DX11, but it will not be in the next build. Um, the MX-5 Mazda car has been completed and will be uh, included free as part of the base package. So they've updated that car, and um, there was a story behind it where one of those guys uh, won the Mazda competition, and he, he won a prize to go racing in, in a real Mazda. And it's kind of a side topic, but anyway, anyway he posted in the forums that he was meeting with some of the uh, Mazda executives that run the company when he won this prize, and they're all excited and they want to get involved in iRacing. And uh, you know, hey, how do I get started? You know, what do I need to buy? You know, what kind of computer do I need? And he was kind of gathering information, and he was going to take it back to these executives and get them started on iRacing. Interesting. So. Uh, Forgot his name. I'll I'll look it up for next time. But uh, he did win the, uh, I think it called the Mazda Challenge, and we had a couple of i racers there, um, trying to win that real yeah, racing I believe it, package. Yeah, I believe it was a guy that uh, races on i racing that that won. Um, right. Yeah, and I can't remember his name off the top of my head either. Uh, the final thing that really stuck out in my mind on the blog, there's a lot of info there that we're not going to hit all of it, but the big one is this. Just to be clear, though, the days of running iRacing in anything other than 64-bit and Windows 7 or higher are coming to an end. You're really going to need to be running this already and have 6 gigabytes of RAM to probably even run the Nurburgring. In other words, you may want to ask Santa for some PC upgrades. All right, guys. Yeah, this kind of got me thinking. Um... Who's uh, a little afraid that their computer might not be able to handle some of this new upgrade stuff that they're doing? 
Yeah, I think mine's fine. Yeah, I'm good, but I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that are not good. Yeah, the only thing I'm worried about is my video card. Um, you know, because it's a little bit older. I got one of those, uh, uh, let me think, it's a 7950 Sapphire. Uh, yeah, I have a 7970, actually. Yeah, and so, you know, right now I'm I'm doing fine, you know, with it. Um, I can't turn everything up to high like I would like to. But, and I don't know what DX11 is going to do. I don't know if that's going to become easier on my card. Does he use more RAM-based instead of the video card? Does he use more processor? You know, I'm not exactly sure what it's going to do. And and then, of course, you load in a track like numbering or something like that. What is that going to, you know, do to my system here? So... And, you know, I'm, I'm happy with my processor, and I got 16 gigs of RAM, but, you know, there's always that concern, and, you know, about how how badly is it going to be. And be honest with you, to get a nice video card these days, you're talking $700? Is that within range, man? The 980Ti, I think, is the one to get right now. Um, yeah, but it's what, six-something? Yeah, so that's that's in my head. I was thinking $700. You know that's a that's an expensive video card. Six hundred and seventy dollars at Fry's Electronics. Yeah. So, uh, which is the one I got my eye on? But uh, yeah, that's that's gonna take a chunk. And you, you you read about some of these guys that are talking about all their stuff, and they run like these Titan cards or whatever, and I think they're like over a thousand dollars. Yeah, then some people run four of them, which is ridiculous. <laughs> I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> Well, from what I've read in the forums about the DX11 and stuff and what's coming is it's going to be less computer intensive and more graphics intensive, graphic card intensive. Well, a lot of good that does me with my i7. Yeah, so what you're talking about is the graphics cards are going to mean everything then. Yep. It's going to be more important than it is now. Yeah, that's how it is with, uh, you know, me. I've been doing all these other race sims, like I said, of course, on Project Cars. They right. are other super games, demanding. That's the way it goes, right? So I think iRacing's, you know, coming into the modern age here, and they're going to be like other games, and it's going to be more dependent on the graphics card. Yeah, like I can't run Project Cars all the way. And my CPU is only being maybe 10%, 20%. And that's right. it. And, and it's, the so GPU it's all is bottlenecked at the GPU, isn't it? Yeah, and I have a 760, GTX 760 from, I don't know, 2013. And I got it for 300 bucks then, and it's only like worth 100 bucks now. Wow. So, whoever's making these expensive video cards, stock up, because you're going to have a bunch of people buying. <laughs> well, I think everyone needs to be thinking about this. And, uh, you know, don't forget what I said, too, in the statement. 64-bit and Windows 7 or higher. Okay, uh... And six gig of RAMs was the other recommendation there. And that, right off the blog, um, I don't think it's official or anything, but yeah, you need to be thinking about it. Yep. All right. Uh, we had someone who listened to us uh, when we talk about uh, their Twitch channels or YouTube channels. We had a guy send in his, and uh, which I, I actually have uh, his. I had been following him on Twitch here for a while, which is Justin Michael. So he has a 
Twitch channel at uh, jmichael99 and uh, YouTube channel, uh, I think, just at uh, Justin Michael. And uh, you can look that up. But uh, he has a lot of NIS races on there, a lot of C-Fixed and a couple of leagues, which is KM, KMA and Extreme Motorsports 99. And uh, he's a pretty good racer. Really races a lot of C-Fixed, though. And But, but uh, he has an interesting... Uh, interesting uh races there and he does pretty well so uh go check him out yeah he's at twitter uh j michael 99 and you get all his info there too okay good so uh mike you want to jump into uh latest couple things you got here yeah i got a couple of hardware things um some guy came up with well I'm going to butcher this name. He's from Central Eastern Europe, uh, and his name is Petriv Mustrel. Uh, came up with this thing in the forums called iFlag, a free open source LED flag panel. And it's just basically this square LED panel. It's got like 20 by 20 LEDs on it. And he's figured out a way to program it to show as a flag. And you like put it up above your monitor or something. And when the yellow flag comes out, it, it flashes yellow. Or when the green flag comes out, it flashes green. That kind of thing. And things like the blue flag do, what you're probably seeing right now. Yeah, like so, the blue flag. Move over. So that's what it does? Yeah, yeah it's and, actually really uh, cool looking. And you can put it together uh, for free. Well, not for free. You have to buy the parts. He's got a link to the part. Uh, you can buy online for $15. And then he's got uh, the, the software that you can download, or he calls it the firmware and the software. Uh, there's firmware and software. And you run it, and it works. And it looks kind of cool. So if you're looking for something like that, Check it out. I would search the forums for iFlag, I-F-L-A-G. All right. The final uh, item here is a warning. For anybody who has Catalyst Control Center, you know when you right-click the desktop and you see Catalyst Control Center, well, there's a new uh, software put out by AMD called Crimson Edition. And AMD is pushing this. There was a bunch of headlines, uh, news articles and stuff last week about this new product, Crimson Edition. And it's to replace Catalyst Control Center. It's basically a brand new set of drivers, uh, both a user interface as well as the back-end video driver software as well, the whole shebang. And apparently there's problems with it. Um, Sean Nash from iRacing uh, staff has posted about it. Um, as well as several several others in the forums, uh, basically saying it doesn't work, don't do it. Uh, so uh, this is a warning. <laughs> it sounds it sounds interesting when you read the uh, press releases or go to the AMD website and read about it. They claim all these uh, performance advantages, like fifty percent faster than current drivers and stuff like that, just by installing new software. So, I mean, when you when I first read it, I'm like, hmm, I'm going to check this out. This could be a nice upgrade for me. But then I saw this forum post, and uh, it obviously scared me away. Hmm. All right. So let's uh, move on to some final thoughts. Brad, you got any final thoughts for the show? 
Well, actually, on that last topic, I keep getting that pop-up every time I boot my computer up about downloading that thing, and uh, I haven't done it. Uh, thank God, I guess, because I didn't know it was so bad. Yeah, I, matter of fact, I have that AMD Catalyst Control Center. I've never heard of this, so. And specifically what it does is it somehow puts the fan speed on low and never lets it go high, and it basically will burn up your card. Hmm. Awesome. Yeah. All right, let's go back to the final thoughts. Brad, you got anything you want to? Uh, no, no. I, I think this has been very informative. I didn't. I didn't say anything on the the Lance topic. Uh, it it still boggles my mind on that one. As everyone. But good show. All right, Carlos, got anything you want to say? Uh, not really, except for. Well, season's over. What do I do with my track guides? Anyone wants me to do anything for B cars, C cars, anything oval related? Because I suck at road racing. But yeah, that's just all I want to get out there. Is just what do I do now? <laughs> my YouTube channel's kind of boring now. There's no guide I can make for the A car. So any other series, anyone wants me to make something, I'll do it. I guess. All right, Mike. Any final thoughts? Well, boy, it's a long season uh, of NIS, and I'm kind of glad it's an off-season to give us a break, to refresh before 2016, and and to try again. Um, I want to shout out and thank you over to Jacob at Integrity Racing League and the RCRL, those guys over there. Uh, it's been a good season, and, and thank you for including me and my team in your races. Uh, they've been great on Monday nights as a good warm-up for the NIS, and and we appreciate that. Also, I uh, want to congratulate uh, Matt Boley from Team Tafosi, who just last night uh, became a father for the first time and, and had a, a, a wonderful, healthy uh, baby boy. All right. Congratulations, Matt. Um, I really don't have uh, much to say. It's been a, a, a good uh, NIS season. Uh, it's been a good league season over at Integrity. Uh, a lot of fun. Uh, it's great that we had so many guys show up every week. Um, I really enjoy the NIS races. That's what got me into this uh, iRacing in the first place. So uh, it's always been fun, even even when you crash out. It's fun, and it was. It's been one of those type of seasons for me where it was. Uh, I was really down in the beginning because I seemed to get involved in a lot of stuff. And then in the middle, had some success and a lot of fun. And then uh, then was down for a little while because it hit Martinsville and Phoenix and got wrecked out of the first few races at Homestead. And then I finished on an upswing over at Homestead. So I was really happy. And for all you guys that listen that are road racers, um, we don't talk much about road. And the reason why is because none of us really are big road racers. Um, matter of fact, I, I haven't raced really any road races in a while here, except for our, uh, new winter series, GT3 winter series thing. But otherwise, uh, we don't, uh, we don't race too much road, but, uh, we'll be getting back into it. And, uh, I would like to hear from some of you road, road guys, come on, come on the show and, uh, we'll talk about some of these series that, uh, that are going on that I know a lot of you guys enjoy. 
you know, there's uh, many of these series that have high participation and and everything. So if you're uh, available um, during the uh, U.S. evening times, on, uh, in between uh, what would it be Eastern time, in between six and and eight Eastern time, you know, let us know, and uh, then we'll have you on the show. We can talk about um, talk about some road racing stuff. And uh, and uh, you can fill us in on all the good stuff that uh, that we're missing because I I do know it's a it's, it's there's probably more road racers than oval racers on this on this system and uh, so we should be talking about it more and uh, hopefully we will so otherwise uh, check us out uh, you can check us out on Twitter Facebook and our YouTube channel our Twitch channel which is live right now and our website all at iRacers Lounge. And uh, make sure you download us off the iTunes and uh, and uh, what are the other ones, Mike? I'm... Spreaker and uh, they're, they're, <laughs> we're on all of them. I don't even remember all, all of them. But... Yeah. SoundCloud, Facebook, <laughs> yeah, there YouTube. You go. Yeah, thank you. So, yeah, we're on all that stuff. So check us out and uh, subscribe and download and stuff and, and uh, participate. Uh, ask questions, uh, uh, ask to be on the show and, and stuff. And uh, we got no problem answering any questions or no problem uh, interacting with anybody or no problem having anybody on the show. So uh, just let us know. Thank you very much. See ya. Thanks for listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to us on YouTube, follow on Twitter and Facebook and SoundCloud. See you on the track. Thank you.